Well, what's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day. If you are new to Grace Church, we are so glad that you're here. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor at Grace. And so we just appreciate your willingness to come and check us out as a church. And for those of you watching online, thanks so much for taking this opportunity. Even though you're on a screen somewhere watching, you're absolutely part of us and who we are. And man, I hope that you can feel God's presence. That's what we're after as a church. And it is so significant. It's so meaningful. And so today is an incredible day. You know, we get to celebrate Jesus in his resurrection. So when we look back at what happened, you know, Jesus lives this perfect life. He dies, he's crucified, but then he, he shows his power over sin and over death. He rises again, the tomb is empty, and that's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. So this is, this is very much a party day for us, a day that we get to celebrate all that he did. And he gives us new life. He gives us forgiveness in the things that we've done. And so I hope that you're able to celebrate today with friends and family and certainly here with us with church family. So there's lots of reasons why I love Easter. And one of them is part of the candy. Like I ain't gonna lie, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth or a lot of every single tooth is sweet in my mouth. And so I like all the candy. I love the Reese's eggs. I love, I love the, the, the peanut butter chocolate bunnies. I eat them whole, like I eat them as fast as I can. I love the peeps. I am also a little bit of a jelly bean fanatic. Did you know that they, they started selling jelly beans like six weeks ago? So I bought six bags six weeks ago. And so, and, and they came out with this incredible thing. Are you familiar? Like they came out with a bag called All the Reds. Yes. I, I, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so awesome. I don't have to worry about the other flavors that I throw out. I just want to eat all the reds anyway. So I open the bag and I just pour them all in my mouth. I don't have to separate them anymore. Like it just is wonderful. It's incredible. And I honestly, truly deep in my heart, I believe that Jesus lo would have loved jelly beans as well. So it's a spiritual encounter that we get to have when we eat these amazing all the reds. And so before I get going, thank you for laughing for that. Um, so before I get rolling in the message, I, I do want to pause and pray. And so my main text is, is going to be in Matthew 28. If you have your Bible, you can open there and we'll get into that in just a moment. But let's pray during this time. And so Lord God, we come before you. And Father, I thank you so much that there's joy in our heart. There's joy in this church. There's joy just in what you're doing. And so thank you for your presence here, Lord. We already feel it. We acknowledge that you are here with us and inside of us. And so God, would you communicate Lord, through your scripture, through your word, uh, would you speak to us now in this time, in this moment? Lord, the things that we're going through, the things, that, the place that we are in life, Lord, there's something specific that you have for every single one of us. And so we open ourselves up to what you have and with open ears and open heart, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, so I, I do share, you know, about the candy stuff, but man, I, this is a party time of year for us as a family. We definitely celebrate Easter. There's so many birthdays in my family and extended family during this time of April. So like these next several weeks are amazing. And then the beginning of May, uh, Nicole and I were celebrating 24 years for our anniversary of being married. And, and so, you know, and when I think about all this partying, it just is wonderful, I love it. You know, but when I think back to our relationship, I, I go all the way back to when we started dating. And you know, I don't know what, if you're married or not, or if you're in a relationship right now, but usually at the beginning, it's a little bit surfacey. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I'm gonna be real with you, you know, and so it's a little surfacey. You're kind of getting to know each other. Do I like them? Do I not like them? Oh my gosh, they said this, they do this. What? Are you, like, is this really, you know, we were young, we were in love, we were naive. Um, and so I thought when we were dating and getting to know each other that we had lots in common. Uh, we don't have lots in common. Um, 
And, and, you know, for those of you that have been married for a couple of years, you know, you realize, you go, wow, I really thought this. And you find out that that's absolutely not true, like about them. And so they, the whole saying, like opposites attract, that's wonderful for a little while, but, but then you realize it makes it more challenging uh, in your relationship that they aren't like you at all. And so, you know, one of us is an early riser. Uh, the other is not. Uh, one of us is more adventurous. The other is more cautious. Uh, one of us is very much a rule follower. The other is a rebel. And so you can just decide on your own who I'm talking about uh, between Nicole and I uh, and our personalities. But it's, so it's amazing and wonderful. We do work hard at our marriage, but it causes us to grow. Uh, it, it really challenges our commitment to our relationship with the Lord and to each other to find that common ground. And, and it's, it's truly amazing when God allows us to be who he's made us to be in and have us have that connection because we dated for almost two years. And when I asked her to marry me though, it changed everything. If, for those of you that are married or you're, you're looking to be engaged or are engaged now, when you know, they get down on one knee, when they take the ring and they say, will you? And, and, and like that changes everything. It absolutely makes it real. And quite honestly, the reason I bring that up is because it reminds me of my relationship with Jesus. You know, there was a time when things were a little surfacey. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. What about this? What about that? There's things I didn't know. There's things I'm trying to learn. And, and then I realized, I'm like, wow, you know, there, there's things I have in common with Jesus. But the more I learn, the more I grow. I'm like, yeah, I don't have that much in common with Jesus. He was perfect. And I am so far from perfect. Like, it's not even funny. He walked on water. I tried that. It's really hard. It is so hard to do that. Man, I don't know if you've tried, but the, like, there are things about this relationship with Christ that are challenging, but th th it causes me to be stirred to find that common ground that I can with him. And, and when I think back to Easter here, we celebrate the resurrection, but gosh, this is you know, Holy Week and, 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 and Good Friday and all this whole weekend is amazing. And I just, I always reflect on, on the disciples because if anything, I feel like I can connect with them and relate with them because I am not perfect, but some of the disciples really struggled they had challenges that, that they experienced when they faced Jesus. And Peter is a fabulous example of this. I mean, when you look at just, just simply the last few days of, of the crucifixion and the burial and, and the resurrection, I mean, Peter experienced so many ups and downs, so many challenges uh, it just, in just a short period of time. I mean, gosh, if you go back to the Last Supper, the, the Passover meal where you and I understand communion, Jesus washes Peter's feet. I mean, Jesus, Peter had already committed that he's, you know, God's son and the Messiah. And Jesus gets down and washes his feet. And, and Peter's going, no, like this isn't right. This, you should not be doing this. This is not good. And then just that night, Peter gets into a fight, right? He washed, gets his feet washed, gets into a fight. And then just a few hours later in the early a.m., he denies Jesus that he even knew him. I mean, can you imagine those things and the turmoil that Peter was going through? And then early that next morning after the sun rises, you know, they, they, they make the proclamation that Jesus is gonna die. He's gonna experience capital punishment via crucifixion. He's beaten, tortured. And Peter's there watching it all take place, seeing him on the cross bleed and die and breathe his last and watching him. I mean, can, can you imagine can you imagine just the internal turmoil that these disciples and Peter were experiencing, the emotional upheaval? I mean, it was, it was going so good for them. 
And then it wasn't. So there's so many aspects going on. And I absolutely believe that every single one of us, we can relate to this. And so I have a few points that I want to share. And so the first one is that we all face significant challenges. And so maybe for you in your life right now, things aren't going so well. You're going, yeah, it's Easter. I'm here in church and, and this is great, but... There's some challenges you're facing. There's some stuff that you're, you're, you're experiencing. And so I know just one of the things, that, there's several examples of, of what might be happening, but just a couple that, that I think of is, you know, sometimes a newly married couple, you, you, you decide or that you're going, hey, maybe we'll have kids together. And, and you decide and you become pregnant and you're pregnant for a little while. And then you find that you lost your pregnancy. I mean, oh my gosh, it's so hard. It's something so challenging to deal with. Or, or, or you're younger, you're going, gosh, we live in an apartment and, and we're hoping to to, to get our own place and you're seeing just the residential market go skyrocketing to the moon and you're going, I don't think we can anymore. This isn't gonna work. It's so expensive or maybe just in, in your relationship, in your marriage, maybe just any relationship that you experienced, you're feeling just some tension. You're looking for common ground, but you're finding it hard to experience that. So you're dealing with just strain in the relationships that you're in or your friendships or your roommate. And then I know for many of us, sometimes if, if the weight of life gets too heavy, we experience some fear and some anxiety with our situation, some stress and even depression. And so those things are, they're very real, aren't they? And, and, and many of us experience them. Many of them we're in right now and it makes this life, this Easter, it just makes it so real with the upheaval that we experience. And so I just, I wanna encourage you because Jesus you know, as God's son and the resurrection, he does give us hope. He gives us encouragement. So every single day we can trust in him and lean on him. And he wants to show us. He wants to lead us and guide us and show us our purpose and show us our destiny. Show us the things that we have. He wants to lead you in your life while you're in school. He wants to lead you in your, in your new marriage, in your new relationship. He wants to lead you in the decisions that you're gonna make in your company for your staff, for, for your business. He wants to lead you in all of those things. And so regardless of our situation that we're in right now, or even later today, or possibly tomorrow, Jesus wants to give us the hope and the assurance that he is leading and guiding in all of those things. And we can rely on his strength because he displayed the ultimate strength because of his resurrection. And so when we lean on him and we trust him, he'll absolutely show us. And so I have a story of somebody that I wanna share. They, they were going through an extremely difficult time and the Lord led them. And so it's actually somebody that was, uh, is in one of our freedom groups this semester. You know, one of the things that you need to know about freedom groups here at Grace Church is we want every single person to go through a freedom group. So if you haven't yet done that, our fall semester starts in a couple of months and we want you to go through it. And so this young lady was going through the freedom study as a connection group and she realized when she was getting into the chapter about forgiveness and needing to forgive to some particular people in her life. Well, she had been divorced. And so one of the people, one of the you know, people that God put on her heart that she needed to forgive was her ex. And so she got up enough boldness and sent a text and said, hey, I wanted to reach out to you and let you know that I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the, the, the part that I played, for my responsibility in causing you know, the issues in our marriage and, and where we ended up. And I wanted to know if you would please forgive me 
for those things that I did. Well, I know some of you, you're, you're separated or divorced or you're single parent now and, and, and like, you know how hard that would be. And so God, I put it on her heart. The Holy Spirit's moving, sends this out. You don't know what you're getting back, right? You don't know what's gonna be responded back. And, and man, I, I just, it is incredible when God is moving, it just is wonderful. So let me give you an encouragement. She allowed forgiveness to saturate her soul and offered it it didn't matter what came back, right? She was experiencing that from the Lord and making things right in the best way that she knew how. But God did something significant on the other side. And that's so powerful where there was shock, there was awe, there was, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Thank you so much. I, I forgive you. Uh, I, I ask that you would forgive me for my part as well. And so it's just incredible, I mean, to, to have that take place in a time you know, of divorce when, when th there is no common ground. It's going your separate ways. But that's, it's so significant when God meets us in that place because we all go through a great number of difficulties in our life. But the second thing is so significant. It's the fact that the resurrection changed everything. So whether it's a, a, a situation you're in right now or a difficulty in a relationship, it doesn't really matter because Jesus brings restoration, he brings healing, he brings hope in the way that we need it. And so because of the resurrection, we get to experience all that. So if you have your Bibles and you're in Matthew 28, let's read along, let's, let's take a look and let's start in verse one. Cause it says early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it, his face, isn't that funny to you? Like, that's hilarious to me. He sat on it, oh, I lost my spot. His face shone like lightning and his clothes was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. And then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said, would happen. And so that's a spot where it's okay to clap because that's amazing. That's something we celebrate. It's so powerful. I know sometimes when the pastor's preaching, you're like, hey, you told a joke. Is it okay to laugh in church? Hey, you just said something amazing. And is it okay to clap? Yes. That's the type of church that we are. We like to have fun and have a good time and celebrate all that he's done for us. But I know even in that and just the understanding of that, some of you, you still wonder, you still question, is it real, right? You're here at church or maybe somebody invited you, you came, you're going, yeah, that, that's great for you, but you aren't yet to the place where you've taken this and you've adopted it yourself where you, you go, I, I'm, I'm not so sure I believe all that that you just read because you're talking about somebody who claimed to be the son of God. You're, you're claiming that he died and that he rose from the dead and that he's still alive, that's a little bit of a stretch for some of you. And I know it's challenging, but, but the thing that's interesting is it's actually factual. It, it, I believe it to be true, but there's something more where it, it's actually something that I know to be true because the fact is, is that there were witnesses that saw. You know, I, I talk about the, the disciples, I talk about Peter and the others, they literally saw him die. His death is recorded in history as being true. And those that saw him die and buried, 
they're also some of the ones that also saw him come alive. So three days later, they also witnessed him resurrected. So let me just enter into a little bit of a, a conversation with you for a moment, ask you a couple of questions, just a, a hypothetical scenario. If I asked you, hey, did you work out this week? You know, maybe you work out, maybe you don't, but just kind of roll with me. Like, hey, did you work out this week? And you're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I did Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm like, oh, that's great. Prove it. Prove to me that you worked out. So what would you do? How, how would you prove that? You would, you would go, oh, well, I did. You know, my, my dirty clothes are, are still in the laundry basket. They stink. Hey, my roommate saw me go out the door and, or my workout partner was there and I met them. Or maybe you came across your, your neighbor, you know, in the early morning hours, you still had bags under your eyes and you're like, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. You know, but, but your neighbor saw you while you were out for a jog, right? I mean, so somebody saw you. Well, in a court of law, how many witnesses does there need to be in order for there to be enough proof? And so I get it that some of you might question the reality of this, but what would it take to convince you? Because it's factual and true, and there were actually over 500 witnesses to see Jesus die and to see him risen again after. I wanna share with you the, the record of this in 1 Corinthians 15. It says in four, verse, starting in verse four, it says that he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. This was written right around 60 AD. So the, the crucifixion was right around 30 to 33, 35 AD. And so this is about 30 years later, some of whom they're still alive, though some had died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. So just because you don't believe it doesn't make it untrue. It's factual, it happened. And I, I, would, I would take this and say to you, because of all this, we, we now need God in our life. We all need a savior. We've got issues and problems. We have things and decisions that we make that are wrong, that are not connected to the Lord and what he has for us. So we needed somebody to come and pay the price for us to make that connection again. And so Jesus did that. He was perfect. He was God's son. He was tortured. He died and he rose again. And he didn't do all that just so you and I could put on our bow tie or go chase some eggs around the yard that really aren't too hard to find in the grass or to go have brunch and, and some stuffed French toast because it's delicious and amazing and I can't wait for it. You know, it's like, it's wonderful to have a holiday weekend and a Friday off from work, maybe if you, you got that, or, but there's so much more to it. Jesus was on a mission. And so I wanna share with you a couple other pieces because even a few years later, when one of the other disciples, who was John, John was very close with Jesus. They had an incredible relationship. But a few years later, John was arrested for proselytizing, for talking about Jesus. And, and so though the other disciples were martyred because of their faith, John was one that wasn't. And so in fact, he was arrested and put on the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the New Testament. 
And he has this divine encounter with Jesus. And Jesus gives him this vision and speaks to him. And in Revelation 1, verse 18, it says this, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and the grave. And so Jesus defeated hell. He defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated the things that scare you and I to death. The things that we're facing right now that we don't know what's going to happen. He's stronger than anything that you and I ever faced. He's stronger and, and able to overcome what's killing us on the inside. He's able to do that and able to overcome those things. So Jesus has the keys to whatever is locking you down right now. And so the third thing that I wanna share with you is so significant. So because of the resurrection, we now get to experience freedom. So Jesus offers us freedom. So what challenging situation are you facing right now? What relationship, what, what difficulty, where do you need wisdom? Because Jesus is offering you freedom in that difficulty. Maybe it is a friendship. Maybe you, you only have a, a small group of friends, some that are close to you, and, and it's like, hey, one of them, things aren't going so well, or you started to, to make some more declarations about your faith and, and really change some things in your life. And they go, hey, you know, if you're not gonna do that with us, then you know, we're not gonna hang out as much anymore. And they've decided to go in their own way, and, and you're finding yourself alone, where you didn't have many friends to begin with, but now even the ones that were close to you, they're not anymore. Or maybe it's something just practical like finances. Maybe your struggle is in, in finances and, and, and making decisions and you're going, gosh, I'm, I'm really paying the price for my past decisions. You know, those, the stuff that I bought before and the way I went about it, it just is a struggle. Or maybe, gosh, I've been talking some about emotions, you know, in this message. Maybe right now, just your emotions are just internal turmoil and chaos and you absolutely are dealing with anxiety or depression, or you're, you're, you're trying to process what it feels like for rejection or the fear of failure. There's so many emotions that we face or possibly even in your marriage and your relationships. But then I think there's this other piece too where there's a positive spin where sometimes we have aspirations and dreams and hopes and, and things that we want to accomplish. And you had those and, and you're going, but when are they gonna happen? What's the deal? How is this going to unfold? And it's not yet. And so your patience is really waning thin. And so maybe that's the tension there. But whatever it is, it might be something that you're feeling on the inside and you're hurting. It could be a spiritual struggle. Because I know there's a high possibility that some of you here or watching online have not yet made that initial step to begin following Christ where I talk about you know, some of you not actually believing this whole thing about Jesus and the death and resurrection. And I, I know there might be some of you here, but I, I wanna share with you, I hope that in this time, like you just kind of realize and you understand and that you, you actually take the step to make a commitment to follow Christ because you might be experiencing something like feeling empty or unsure of yourself or your future and, or feeling lonely and, wanting to be alive. You know, we talk about Jesus being alive, but you feel dead on the inside. And so I just, I wanna share with you that this whole day allows us to walk into this place where we experience this newness in Christ, where literally our spirit is made new and made whole because of what he did. And so today, 
could be your day where you actually come alive again because God made us with different parts. We have a body, we have a mind, we have a spirit, we have emotions. So our spirit becomes alive because of a connection with Christ. And so he died and rose again so that we can also live so that our dreams and hopes and aspirations come, th- come true because of him working through us. The weight that we're carrying gets put off and he gives us freedom and liberation from the things that lock us down and those burdens that we're carrying. And so I wanna share a verse with you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. It says that he died for everyone. How many people did he die for? Everyone. It says that he died for every single person so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, that they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. That's so powerful. And so today's the day that you can stand and be set free and be liberated. It's critically important. It's so important. Some of you, you need to do this for the very first time today. And you're going, oh my gosh, he's, he's speaking to me. Yes, it's not that I know you or I know your story, but I believe that in this moment that God is moving. He's moving on your heart. And you might feel just some goosebumps. You might feel hot, you might feel heat. You, and it's not, it's not because it's hot in here, like the AC's on, it's nice and cool but it might be that God is gripping your heart. Your heart might be beating fast. And that's so significant. Don't blow that off as circumstantial. But then I also know that there might be some of you that you maybe have done that before, but you just, you've slipped back repeatedly into the same struggle time and time again. And so if you want more than just lip service, if you want more than just making the outside seem like everything's okay, which we're so good at. You know, we'll fake it on the outside, but man, on the inside, we're hurting. And so you might be struggling right now and, and, and just feel that. I absolutely believe that we can make it real. There's something significant about making it real and taking that step. It's kind of like a decision to, to go on a diet or to spend less or to quit drinking. That's a great decision, but If we don't actually do it, then our intentions amount to nothing. They're just well and good intentions that we don't walk out. But I believe in walking them out, that's where we experience the breakthrough and the freedom that Jesus is offering. And so I want you to, to make a commitment and not just make a commitment, but make a commitment to follow and begin following. Because you're not gonna know it all. There's no way. You're not gonna have it all figured out. It's impossible. So we begin the journey. We begin the process of walking this out and make a commitment to follow Christ. There's a couple of verses I wanna share with you in closing. It's Romans 10 verses nine and 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And so that word saved is used multiple times. What that is, is that's being saved from eternity in hell. Where Jesus came, he gives us this opportunity to have eternity in heaven. He saves us from ourselves. that we, instead of being dead and dying, we're raised to new life. We're, we're resurrected with him. Instead of walking in, in defeat, we actually get to experience forgiveness and liberty because of who he is. That's amazing. And some of you, you need to take that step today. It's such a big deal, it's so important. I'm gonna give you that opportunity in just a moment. But I also wanna share, I know there's some of you, 
you're trying to walk this out, but right now you just, you need some encouragement, you need some prayer. And so at the end of the service, our prayer team will be up here at the front. So whether it's during that final song that we're gonna play or, or after everybody leaves, please come. And so we can be praying for good things. We can be praying for struggles. They're here to just encourage you and pray for whatever you might need. But I do wanna go back to those of you that need to make a commitment to follow Christ for whatever reason and give you that opportunity right now. So if you guys could do me a favor here in the auditorium, if you could bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're watching online, you can participate in this as well. It's so significant. It's where we recognize our need for a savior. And so in just a second, I'm gonna ask that you would just simply slip your hand up in the air. You know, this isn't some kind of trick or something to make you do or anything like that, but it's just, it's that proclamation where, where in that verse it says that you're openly declaring that you need him. But re really God is, God sees our heart and who we are and our belief and our desperation for him. And so maybe you need to make that step or make a decision to begin to pursue after him. So if that's you, I would just simply ask that you would raise your hand. You know, where are you at here in the auditorium? Just say, yeah, that's me. Pastor Aaron, you got me, bro. Like, I, I need God. I need to make a commitment to follow him or need, you need to make a recommitment. Go ahead and slip your hand up. Yeah, thank you so much. Don't be ashamed. Like nobody's looking around. We don't want you to feel embarrassed, but this is so big. This is so powerful. So we're praying, we've been praying for you and we're so glad you have your hand up. And, and so we're gonna meet God in this moment. You can go ahead and slip your hands down. And so I'm gonna pray right now and I would just invite you to pray along with me. You can repeat these words with me. And so let's pray together. Maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I'm in a really tough place and I need your son. And so Jesus, I believe I believe that you came and you lived and died for me. Right now, I put my faith in you, my hope in you, my future into your hands. But I need you to forgive me for all the stuff that I've ever done. I apologize for those things. And I ask that you would give me a fresh start and a new beginning so that I can follow you for the rest of my life. And Father, I do wanna pray just a special blessing on every single person here in this sanctuary, watching online. Lord, I know that you're moving powerfully. This isn't just a holiday, Lord Jesus. This is your day. This is your resurrection day. And we honor you, we bless you. And we just ask that you would continue to empower us, embolden us to live our faith out for you, saying things out of our mouth, living and serving, being loving to the unlovable, reaching those who feel like they're disconnected. Lord, that you would use us powerfully in this community with our friends and our family, that you would be, all, that you would be the one that receives all the glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.